Ladies and gentlemen, we are back for another episode of CB's Gold MMA Show. We have a lot to discuss today. Um, a lot of news, a lot of fight announcements, uh, a really good Q&A session that I've got for you guys from a few people sending them in. Um, first off, I want to let you know I am CB Gold. If you haven't seen the show before, uh, I've been on. I'm a co-host on MMA Roasted podcast. I've been a guest on Aaron Says What podcast, Loaded Joe's MMA podcast, and Half the Battle podcast. Um, you can also get me on Facebook at CB Gold or Twitter, Instagram, Snapchat, CB The Grenade. Uh, easily find me on there. Follow me on Instagram for photos. Uh, Twitter, I tweet out all the newest fight announcements that I do discuss more in depth on this show. But um, I put out the, just the basic information as soon as it's announced, as soon as I find out. And Facebook has kind of my, more of my everyday life on it. Uh, so like I said, if you want to add me, go ahead and add me. If you add me on Facebook, do me a favor, send me a message, tell me where you found me, and um, I'll go ahead and add you. So uh, first thing I want to discuss, uh, CB's Gold MMA Show now has a sponsor. Uh, we've been sponsored by Love MMA Apparel, a really awesome clothing brand. Um, they have some really cool stuff. I'm actually wearing one of their shirts right now. It's the Chuck Liddell commemorative Love MMA Apparel shirt. Uh, you can also see on Instagram I was wearing a John Wayne Parr shirt over the weekend. I have photos from the Mr. Olympia Expo in Las Vegas. Um, Photos with John Jones, Holly Holm, Michael Bisping, and, and several other people that were there from the MMA world. So, uh, yeah, check them out. They're on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. They're more active on Instagram than, and than anything. It's Love MMA underscore apparel. Great brand. Love to have them as a sponsor. Really excited to wear their clothing. And um, just look out for them because they're going to continue stepping up with their brand creating some of the coolest shirts that I've ever seen in MMA and I have had thousands of MMA t-shirts before walkouts uh, different brands all over the place so check them out again love MMA apparel love MMA hashtag apparel great stuff great prices and uh, just keep looking out for new stuff from them so yeah uh, let's get into things you know, there's been a lot of news, a lot of fight announcements, especially when it comes to the UFC. Uh, Bellator has a lot of fight announcements, too, that we're going to go over today. Um, if you're watching this today, it is uh, Friday, September 23rd. I don't know if it will be up tonight, um, depending on how long it takes to record and how long it takes to upload. But uh, this weekend, there's a lot of fights going on. Tonight is the Invicta fight. Roxanne Modafferi fights for the title against Jennifer Maya. Ayaka Hamasaki defends her title against Jin Frey. Irene Aldana's on the card. Um, there's a lot to look forward to. Amber Librock. Some great fights tonight. Really looking forward to it. Tomorrow night, uh, Saturday, is the UFC from Brasilia. It is Chris Cyborg and Lena Landsberg in the main event. You got Hannah Burrell on the card with a bunch of other great names. Really good card. And then Sunday, which I don't know if it's airing in the United States on Saturday or Sunday, depending on when they actually have the event, uh, Ryzen starts their three-event um, 
tournament. It's an open weight tournament. They've got a bunch of other fighters on the card as well that aren't part of the tournament. But you got Gabby Garcia on there. You've got Mirko Krokop on there. Kazuyuki Fujita, Kron Gracie, Derek Cruikshank. And the next event, which will take place around New Year's, there's going to be two events leading up to New Year's. Uh, Vanderlei Silva steps in and uh, a lot of other names that will be coming on the card. So, um, yeah, a lot to look forward to this weekend. Some great fights. I'm not going to do predictions because, as I said, it's going to take me a little while um, to go ahead and figure that, uh, to, to get everything settled. So, uh, I, like I said, I'm not going to do predictions. But let's get right into things. Um, an organization that I have not heard of before, it is called Fight Tonight. Um, their event that they've announced with a huge main event is on November 4th out of Brazil. It is Thiago Silva, who is a UFC veteran, um, fought Leona Machida, fought Keith Jardine, has had a lot of fights in the UFC, ran into some trouble with the, uh, with the gun charges and the cocaine charges and, and domestic violence and all that. Uh, he was released, but he is going to be fighting that night. He's facing off against Sokaju, who also, uh, he was in affliction, um, fought in a couple other organizations, very talented fighter out of Team Quest. Uh, they're going to headline the fight November 4th, Brazil. Don't know about the rest of the card. This is the only fight I've heard of so far, but there are two bigger names in MMA, so we're gonna, I'm going to go ahead and uh, mention that so you know going into November, you got about a month and a half till that event, uh, but it should be a good fight. I think Thiago Silva takes it, depending on how he looks, but I know Sokaju's chin's not all there, and Thiago Silva is very, very powerful. Uh, World Series of Fighting has also announced a title fight uh, for WSOF 34. It is a welterweight title fight between John Fitch and Jake Shields. This is a really good grappling matchup. I hope it doesn't stay on the feet, because you're going to get five boring rounds from guys that don't have the greatest stand-up. So um, that's something to look out for. It is a fight that had been talked about for a long time since both guys left the UFC and ended up in World Series of Fighting. So this is a good fight. Uh, their event before that, which is coming soon, is um, David Branch is defending his lightweight title, I mean light heavyweight title, sorry, uh, his light heavyweight 205 title against Vinny Magalesh. They've been going back and forth on Twitter, exchanging beef. Vinny was trying to get the fight, and uh, they booked it. Don't know how that fight's going to go. I think Dave Branch has more power on the feet. Uh, Vinny Magalhaes doesn't have the best stand-up or uh, chin, but his ground game is one of the best in the world, and I know David Branch is really good on the ground as well. Um, I got to go for my boy Vinny Magalhaes. I trained with him for years. He was my jiu-jitsu coach. Uh, very talented jiu-jitsu player, very accomplished world champ, Gracie world champ, I think. Um, so look out for that fight. That's coming a little bit sooner. So that's what WSOF has in store right now. Uh, Bellator has a lot of news right now. A lot of news. The biggest news coming out of Bellator, which if you haven't heard, if you didn't see it on Twitter, on Facebook, or any other form of social media, and you did not watch the Congo Johnson event, uh, last Friday night, Chael Sonnen, the American gangster, the bad guy, Chael P, has been released from the UFC and has signed with Bellator. Uh, Chael is a good friend of mine, always loved watching him fight, win or lose, very entertaining, some of the best promos and interviews you can get 
in MMA today are from Chael. Chael has signed with Bellator. Not sure when he will debut, but he is eyeing a fight with Tito Ortiz. Chael will fight at 205, light heavyweight for Bellator, so he doesn't have to cut a lot. Um, Tito has said he would love to fight Chael for his retirement fight. Tito says he has one more in him, and uh, Chael is, is a great matchup for him to finish out his career. Uh, don't know if they're going to book it. We'll see what happens. But one thing I did want to discuss, because a lot of people were messaging me, you know, about Chael and drug testing failures, anti-doping, whatever you want to call it. Uh, there is a clause in his contract. If he fails a drug test, he will be fined 100% of his purse and $500,000 on top of that. So he has to be making a lot of money, and he would lose a lot of money if he does pop dirty. So I hope he doesn't pop dirty. Uh, I hope he does well in Bellator. He's a great fighter. There's a lot of great matchups for him at 205, so we'll see what happens with him. Uh, for anybody that saw the Benson Henderson, Patricio Pitbull event, you saw that Georgie Karakanyan uh, got a knockout in his fight against Bubba Jenkins. That was the last fight on Georgie's contract. He had mentioned that he wasn't going to re-sign. Well, he re-signed. Um, he has resigned with Bellator for a multi-year, multi-fight contract, so he will be returning. I'm sure that knockout uh, took him one step closer to the title, but before that, he was on a, a two-fight losing streak. So it'll be interesting to see who they match him up with at 145. Uh, hopefully, in his next fight, he can make weight. That would be that would be awesome because if you make weight, that gives you the extra little stipends closer to a title shot if you're up within the top five and, and you get through everything as you should. Um, another huge signing by Bellator. This is on their kickboxing side. Bellator Kickboxing has signed John Wayne Parr, one of the premier kickboxers in the world, one of the biggest names in kickboxing today. Uh, the guy is a maniac. If you have seen the video, there was a video where he took a, he had a cut in a kickboxing match and, uh, it looked like it was about an inch deep uh, and an inch wide open. There's a video of a guy who's about to stitch it shut, and um, he uses it as a mouth uh, to kind of talk and make it, make a funny voice with it. But John Wayne Parr is an animal, excellent kickboxer. When he does debut, you definitely need to watch. The guy is amazing. I'm thoroughly looking forward to John Wayne Parr making his debut in Bellator kickboxing. So look out for that. I'll keep you guys updated on when he does get announced, as well as when Chael gets announced, and if Georgie gets another fight, as well as other fights that have been announced, which we do have a lot of right now, um, leading up to the beginning of December. So I'm going to go into each one of those right now. Um, Bellator 162. <sighs> Sorry, I just got a little uh, something stuck in my throat. Uh, Bellator 162 is October 21st out of Memphis, Tennessee. We've got a great card going into it. Uh, the main event is Alexander Shlomenko making his return after testing positive, uh, being fined, being suspended. So he is making his return. He's going to 185. He will be fighting Kendall Grove. I think that's a great matchup. I think Kendall's reach and length can definitely give him the advantage on the feet, on the ground. Uh, I think Slamenko has a little bit better ground, but Kendall Grove is no slouch. Don't get me wrong. This is a very exciting fight, great fight, um, and um, 
you know, I think due to ring rust and also the way that Kendall has looked recently, I think Kendall Grove might have this. You know, I, I think Kendall Grove can take it. I think he can knock him out. I think um, he can, like I said, use his reach, use his length, and just outpoint him everywhere. And especially since Bellator only does three-round non-title main events, I think Kendall can outpoint him if he doesn't get the knockout or the finish. Uh, I think Kendall can also win a decision as long as his gas tank's good. So we'll see how Schlemenko looks. We'll see how everything goes for both those guys. But I have Kendall Grove. Uh, the next fight that was announced, I think it's going to be the co-main, um, is Bobby Lashley will be fighting. Uh, he's fighting a guy, he's fighting a pelt, a pelt, I don't really know how to pronounce his last name, so I apologize for that. But I spoke to Bobby Lashley at Mr. Olympia on Saturday, and I said, you know, how do you feel about this? How do you feel fighting this guy? He said, you know, the guy is good, he's well-rounded. Uh, but Bobby thinks that he's going to be too much for him. His wrestling is better. I hope he's been working on his jiu-jitsu game, his striking game, whatnot. But Bobby says, you know, this is one step closer to the title. Since Vitaly Minikov was stripped of the belt, the heavyweight championship of Bellator is vacant right now. So Bobby had mentioned that depending on how this fight goes, he may be entered in a four-man tournament uh, to determine the new Bellator heavyweight champion. Um, you'll probably look at, at, at uh, Czech Congo entering that, that tournament as well. A couple other guys, like I said, four-man. And this is what Bobby told me direct. This is not what I'm getting from uh, any news source or anything. This is straight from Mr. Lashley himself. So I'm looking forward to that fight. I hope Bobby has made the improvements necessary. I know he's training with American Top Team. So he's got a really good camp behind him incredible wrestling and uh good submissions decent stand-up not his best but you never know with bobby i know he trains hard and, and but he does the pro wrestling on the side as well with tna and he's their world champion if i'm not mistaken at this moment right now which is september 23rd that could change any day of the week um two fights that have been announced in the last few days for this card great matchups um Hazaki Kato, 185-pounder. You might know him from knocking out Joe Schilling twice. You might know him from getting knocked out by Melvin Manhoof. And uh, I think was his last fight. He is fighting um, a knockout artist, actually a friend of mine. like the guy a lot, really cool, AJ Matthews, um, who was also on Bellator Fightmaster a long time ago when that aired. This is a great matchup. Two knockout artists are facing off. Hazaki Kato has great power, uh, great technical ability, and good movement. AJ Matthews, though, is he'll train wreck you. He'll hit you with one hand, and you'll go to sleep easily. I remember the knockout. He hit a guy with a punch, and as he was falling out cold, he uh, AJ threw a leg kick as part of his combo, but because the guy was about to hit the ground, he leg kicked him in the face. And... He knocked him out cold, clean, not waking up. So this is a great matchup. Um, fireworks written all over it. So when this does happen next month, October 21st, it's about a month away. Look for it. It is. It should be a great matchup. So that's a great fight on the card. Uh, the other big-name fight that was added to this card is a lightweight matchup. Between Ryan Couture, who we know is Randy Couture's son, also um, his last fight, if I'm not mistaken, he was knocked out by Patricky Pitbull uh, pretty badly with a left hook when he was going for, for a leg kick uh, a hook combo, it looked like. Um, he's fighting a guy whose last fight was at 145, 
Koichi Yamauchi, former featherweight. His last loss uh, was Bubba Jenkins. Bubba Jenkins smothered him for a three-round decision. And um, I guess he's going up to 155. So this, this, this is an interesting matchup. Both guys are really good grapplers. Um, neither one of them have the best stand-up, but they're incredible grapplers. Great jiu-jitsu. Yamauchi has a ton of submission victories, and Ryan Couture is no slouch on the ground as well. Um, so look forward to that fight. That should be a really good lightweight fight. It's, it'll be interesting to see how the extra 10 pounds does for Goiti. So good fight for him, good test for him. And if Ryan wins this fight, it's a step in, back in the right direction. So that should be really good. I'm looking forward to that, uh, especially since I used to uh, train alongside with Ryan Couture. I used to watch him train every day for three years, and the kid is very talented. I really don't think he's reached his potential yet. So look forward to that one. That is Bellator 162, October 21st, Memphis, Tennessee. If you're nearby, get tickets to the event. It will be worth it. And, uh, yeah, so have fun with that. The next event, Bellator 163, November 4th, the Mohegan Sun in Uncasville, Connecticut. Um, they have added three fights to this card as of this morning. The first, uh, I'm going to start from the bottom and go to the top. The first fight is a women's, um, I think it's a featherweight matchup. Yeah, I think it's a featherweight matchup. Talita Noguera versus Marlos Kunin. Um, Marlos Kunin unfortunately lost her fight to Alexis Dufresne uh, earlier this year. And Talita Noguera is not a bad um, not a bad fighter either. Marlos Kunin, I would have to guess, would have the edge on the ground because she is a submission wizard. Very good jiu-jitsu player, uh, off her back or on top. So uh, Talita's no slouch either, though. Talita Noguera is a tough chick. On the, uh, she's an up-and-comer. So this is, this is a really good test for both girls. If Noguera pulls it off, she gets a huge feather in her cap. If Marlos Kunin pulls it off, she gets one step closer to that title that people are chasing. Um, and then uh, a welterweight fight. <coughs> has been added um, between a friend of mine who had recently fought Sayana Wad. He, um, he is returning from his loss to Derek Anderson on the Pitbull Benson card, which was a few weeks ago or last month now. Uh, he will be facing off against heavy-handed striker Brennan Ward. Brennan Ward recently fought Cyborg. I thought Brennan Ward was going to destroy him. He got a rear waist lock on Cyborg. Cyborg tucked under, got a, um, a leg lock on him, and ended up tapping him out, actually screaming tap out uh, against Brennan Ward. But this, this is more of a striker's matchup. Brennan's got power, Syed's got tech, uh, the technical ability. So I'm looking forward to this. Um, I think if Syed can keep his range, stay away from the power shots, even though he has an incredible chin, I think that Syed can pull this off, no doubt. Um, but if Brennan Ward connects with, with anything, it could be could be trouble for Saad because Brennan Ward packs a lot of punch, packs a lot of power in all of his strikes. So this is a really great strikers matchup. Uh, Saad definitely has the, the advantage on the ground if he does take it there. Any of you who saw the Derek Anderson fight knows that he is a good jiu-jitsu player. So this is, this is a good fight. I think Saad is uh, better on the ground, better in grappling. Um... 
very technical striker, but Brendan Ward has that power. So it'll just depend on the reach and what each guy can pull off, stick to his game plan, and really exercise uh, or execute what he wants to do. Uh, the main event has been announced for this Bellator. It is a light heavyweight title fight that we've been waiting over a year for. Liam McGeary defends his championship against Phil Davis. Phil Davis won the Dynamite Tournament um, last year and got the tournament championship and was promised a title fight with uh, Liam McGeary. I know he took a fight before that because he didn't want to wait and uh, he did very well in that fight. So this is this is a good fight, you know. Um, Phil has power on the feet, but he's not a major knockout artist. He did knock out Francis Carmont, uh, I think, in the finals of that Dynamite tournament. I should remember since I was there. Um, but Liam McGeary also has a lot of range. He's very tall. He's very lengthy. Um, and he does have power on the feet, but his jiu-jitsu is, it seems to be unmatchable. And that kind of you know, screws Phil Davis a little bit because Phil Davis is big into wrestling, big into takedowns, and then smothering people, just using transitions, passes, whatever he needs to use to move forward and advance his position. Problem is, Liam McGeary is incredibly dangerous off his back. He has gotten two submissions on bottom side control by triangle, where he throws his leg up over the top and ends up getting an inverted, almost an inverted triangle on the guy, and he did that to Tito Ortiz to um, to win his fight, his most recent fight. So it kind of, you know, it makes things interesting to where um, you know you're not really sure what Phil's gonna do. Phil, he has to be very careful going for the takedown. If he goes for the takedown and Liam starts throwing up submissions, I know Phil's a good grappler, he's got good jiu-jitsu, but McGeary has shown himself to be on another level with his jiu-jitsu. So it'll be interesting to see what happens. I wouldn't be shocked if it stays on the feet, but Liam has way more length, way more reach to get to, um, to, get to Phil. So it'll be interesting to see what happens. Um, I got Liam McGeary, retains his title in this one. So... Um, yeah, I'm picking McGeary. Uh, Bellator 164 has been announced. It will be in Tel Aviv, Israel on November 10th. I think that's a somewhat of a strange move by Bellator to go all the way there, but maybe they're just trying to pick up, you know, uh, people around the world to start taking notice, you know, like the UFC. I don't know if the UFC has ever been to Israel. I don't think they have. Uh, maybe that's an uh, untapped market that they need to touch on, but they're bringing a huge title fight. Uh, they're bringing a rematch for a title. Andre Koreshkov defends his title against Doug Lima, who he did take the belt from originally. Um, and Douglas Lima came back after a long layoff, beat Paul Daly in a phenomenal fight for both of them, but Lima outpointed him. And Lima's getting his, his uh, title rematch. So I'm interested to see this fight. Um, I'm going to go out on a limb here. I'm going to say Douglas Lima gets his belt back. Um... Part of me hopes he doesn't, just because I want to see Roy McDonald and Koreshkov, but, you know, I think Lima's going to come in heavy. He knows what he wants. He knows what he has to do with his game plan, and I think he's going to go ahead, and he's going to take it to Koreshkov and um, pull off what I think will be the betting upset. I think Lima will be the underdog, and that he can pull it off. So look forward to that fight November 10th, as I said, in Israel. 
six days after the uh, Bellator 163, the McGeary Phil Davis fight. Um, and then I'm going to skip over Bellator 165. I looked at it there. I didn't really see anything new worth mentioning. I'm going to go to Bellator 166. Now, I don't know if the fight, the only fight that's been announced is the main event, but this takes place December 2nd. Thackerville, Oklahoma. Seems to be a place where Bellator goes a lot. Um, I guess they like it over there. They get good ratings and, and gates over there. So you know what? If it ain't broke, don't fix it. But uh, they've added a 145-pound fight between A.J. McKee, who recently just beat uh, Cody the Crow Walker at uh, Bellator um, Benson versus Pitbull, the most, uh, not the most recent one, two Bellators ago, the one I was at, August 26th. He is facing off against Emmanuel Sanchez. Now, the thing here is, AJ has fought a lot of low-name, unranked, or low-ranked guys so far. He has had a few names before, but they've fallen out. And uh, Emmanuel Sanchez is a guy that is top 10, and this is a good step in the right direction for AJ if he's heading towards a title shot. You know, AJ, I think, is 5-0, and all finishes. Uh, very tough kid out of the body shop, where his father, Antonio McKee, is the, the head coach there. AJ looked really good. He's looked good in all his fights. I've been at two of them, and the kid's very talented. He's good everywhere. Uh, I think AJ McKee wins this easily. I wouldn't be shocked by a first-round finish by AJ. So that's that's a fight to look forward to. If AJ wins, look at him taking one step towards the title. You know, maybe he would fight uh, uh, Georgie Karakanyan or, you know, um, maybe, well, Pitbull's not in the division anymore, but maybe a Pat Curran or a Daniel Weichel, depending. And it also depends on when Daniel Strauss is coming back, which, by the way, I spoke to Daniel Strauss the other day at Mr. Olympia. I was with him for a little while. His hand is doing well. The recovery is going well. He said he's got uh, a little bit more time to um, go ahead and return to the cage. Um I'm looking forward to it. He's been out a long time. Daniel's, Daniel's a, uh, a good friend. He's, he's always treated me very well. Um, Hello. So, you know, it's, uh, it's interesting to see what, what's going to happen with that, who he fights when he comes back, where the landscape of the featherweight division is. Um, by the way, I love that every time I try to record, I get a phone call on my house phone. Um, so, yeah, it's 145 is an interesting... Uh, landscape right now. It's an interesting scene for Bellator. There's a lot of big names in there moving on up, and uh, there's a lot of shifting going on. So there's a lot of good matchups that can be made. It's almost like you could put, you know, the all the guys' names on each side of a, a paper, and you could just, you know, crisscross who this guy should fight, wherever, whatever. Um, so it'll be interesting to see where everything lands uh, with the 145 division. Now that Georgie has a win. AJ McKee's coming back. Emmanuel Sanchez is fighting. Um, Pat Curran hasn't had a fight uh, set up. Neither is Daniel Weichel. So, and when Daniel Strauss does make his return. Uh, the last Bellator announcement I want to make is they've announced their event, Bellator 167, December 10th in Florence, Italy. They're going back to Italy. So this will be, I think, the second time they've done this. And uh, they've announced a great fight between Alessio Sakara, Legionarius, who was a UFC veteran. He is now in Bellator. He has fought, I think, once for Bellator the last time they went to Italy. Very heavy-handed striker, very talented. 
was a professional boxer before MMA, and he's facing off against the Mexicutioner, Joey Beltran. Um, this is this is a really good matchup. I think it's going to be more stand-up than anything because both guys are heavy-handed strikers. Beltran used to be a heavyweight, dropped to 205, then dropped to 185, which is an incredible, incredible weight cut to continue to sustain. Um, but Alessio Sakara used to fight at 205, and I think he's at 185 now. Um, so this, this is a really good matchup, good strikers matchup. But just based on what I've seen from both guys recently, I've got Alessio Sakara in this one. So that's who I'm going to go with. I'm going to pick Alessio Sakara. I think by knockout within the second round. So the first two rounds, I think uh, he'll get a knockout somewhere in there. So uh, that that's definitely something to look forward to. That's a good stylistic matchup. Um, hopefully they air it at a normal time so we don't find out 12 hours before we actually see it, what happened. Like last time, or like Bellator kickboxing when it was in Italy and we didn't see the actual fights for a week, which was one of the stupidest things I have ever seen. We knew the results on a Friday, didn't see him till the next Saturday. That bothered me. But I don't run Bellator, so I can't really make those decisions. I have my hopes. We'll see what happens. So shout out to Rich Chow, Scott Coker, and Bellator. If you're watching, which I doubt you are, but if you're watching, let's do uh let, let's kind of make it so either we don't get the results super early or we can watch it, even if it's in the morning being broadcasted from Italy at night. Let's do it that way so everybody gets it at the same time. Let's hope for it, guys. Put, cross your fingers. Start praying. Let's see if we can make Bellator get rid of those spoilers or uh, the uh, West Coast, East Coast issues. So that's the Bellator announcements I have for today. Uh, there, Like I said, there was a lot. But the UFC announcements, there's even more to discuss. We have a ton of fight announcements, changes, signings, all these different things to discuss. So let's get right into it. Um, I will say, once I get through all of the announcements, I might stop for a second and then start a new recording, because I did get cut off at an hour last time. So, for, for future reference, if you guys are watching this and it cuts off for a second, that is because um, I ran out of time on my recorder, I need to get the studio upgraded, I know, I know, I've mentioned it a bunch of times. I can't get my friend to come over. He's very busy. Uh, he's getting ready to have a baby, and there's a lot going on with him right now. So I will definitely keep you updated when it's done. But for the time being, if it cuts off for a second, it's because I stopped recording and restarted recording. So just letting you guys know, don't abandon the podcast. Um, I am still here, I promise. So let's get right into it. We've got some great news coming out of the UFC right now. I'm going to get into fight announcements after the regular news that I want to discuss. Uh, so there's, there's a few things. Um, Shane Carwin, former UFC interim heavyweight champion, talented striker, one of the best striker or one of the best power strikers in UFC heavyweight uh, history. He wants to make a return. He has entered himself, I think, into the drug testing pool. He has started getting back with management and talking about coming back, but he does not want to sign with the UFC. He has voiced his opinion. He does not want to end up back in the UFC, so possibly look for him in Bellator, World Series of Fighting. Not really sure where he'll, well, where he'll land, um, but I am hoping for Bellator. I would love to see him in Bellator, and I think he could be heavyweight champ in Bellator depending uh, on how he looks. So look forward to Shane Carlin 
coming back. I'm looking forward to it. I hope his injuries aren't too much to where he can't uh, really put it together anymore. But we'll see. Um, so we'll see. We'll see how that works for him. Um, the UFC made three cuts. One of them is blatantly obvious if you've watched the last show or if you don't live under a rock. Um, the UFC cut Rory McDonald, which we kind of already knew because he ended up in Bellator. Um, I guess they have to make it official and, and kind of say that, you know, we did cut him and whatnot. But they've also cut Cody Pfister, who was uh, Sage Northcutt's second opponent in the UFC. Um, and Jim Allers, or Ehlers, I think it's Allers, a uh, guy who lost to Cole Miller and uh, had, a, had a rough skid in the company. So those are the three cuts that they have made recently. Um, I hope these guys end up somewhere decent. Well, Fister and Allers. Rory, you're looking at a 170-pound champ in Bellator eventually, and he said he may even go up to 185. So we'll see what happens with that. Um, the UFC has re-signed a fan favorite. This guy recently fought Jacob Volkman outside the UFC. Won in 17 seconds by armbar. Ben Killabee Saunders. Welcome back to the UFC. He is back. The only man to finish a UFC fight with an omoplata. Uh, very talented Muay Thai specialist. Very talented grappler, jiu-jitsu player. I always love watching this, guy's, this guy fight. Always entertaining. Thoroughly enjoyable and a super cool guy. Very nice to his fans. So I'm looking forward to him uh, coming back and, and kind of get putting himself back into the, the pool. Um, the last announcement I want to make is an attempt to make a fight, but right now they can't make the fight. But after the trash talk and a recent victory at UFC 203, Mickey Gall has called out Sage Northcutt. Um, you know, and then they were talking, they had a little Twitter beef, but Northcutt doesn't really know how to trash talk, whereas Mickey Gall wants to knock the spikes out of his head. So they're trying to make this fight, but Northcutt is out for a while. If I'm not mistaken, he has a staph infection right now. So he needs to get that cleared, uh, make sure the doctors clear him to train and, and get ready for a fight. And I guess I'm hoping the UFC wants to make Northcutt versus Gall. Great prospect fight, but in my opinion, I think Mickey Gall is going to be way too much for uh, Sage Northcutt. So we'll see what happens with that one, but I got Mickey Gall all day. Um, I think Mickey Gall is a rising star, and I think he's better everywhere than Sage Northcutt. So that's the news I wanted to discuss. We have a lot of fights, announcements, uh, injuries, replacements. There's a lot to go over, so I'm just going to jump right into it. Uh, how I always do. Um, I'm going to do it in order of events that are coming up, so it makes it a little bit easier to follow, so you know what's coming up that's, uh, the soonest, followed by uh, what else. So, Fight Night Portland, which I think is uh, possibly next week, or in a couple weeks. Um, there, was a few, there were three withdrawals, but they've all had replacements. Bobby Green has dropped out of the Josh Berkman fight. Uh, he has sustained an injury. Bobby Green, unfortunately, misses a lot of fights due to injury. Don't know if it's because of his training or what it is. But uh, he is out. He is being replaced by a newcomer, Zach Otaw. Otaw. Not really sure who the guy is. New to the UFC. Um, but we'll see. We'll see how he fights. 
Um, I think Berkman has the fight. I think Berkman's a great grappler. He just needs to not be so gun-shy. He's been a little tentative in a lot of his most recent fights. Uh, some of them he squeaked out the victory, and others he didn't. So it'll be interesting to see how he looks. Uh, but this is back at 155, so Berkman is dropping again, um, where he used to fight at 170. Uh, another withdrawal is Brian Ortega has dropped out uh, from the Hawker and Diaz fight. Uh, Brian Ortega also sustained an injury and is not able to take this fight against Hawker and Diaz. But Andre Touchy Feely has stepped in and is replacing Brian Ortega. Uh, Feely versus Diaz. I think it's a great fight. I think it's a really good fight. Um, I think Feely's too much for him, though. You know, Hawkins Diaz had a tough time with Cub Swanson, and I, I do think Cub is, is a little bit better than Andre Feely. Um, but I think Andre Feely is, is really talented, and I think he's going to bounce back from that Yair Rodriguez knockout. And uh, I think he's going to beat Hawkins Diaz wherever wherever the fight goes. So that's, that's a good fight. I like that fight. I thought Brian Ortega was going to beat Hawker Diaz as well. Um, but now you got touchy-feely stepping in. The last withdrawal, uh, which was announced, I think, yesterday or this morning, Sergio Pettis, who sustained a minor injury, has withdrawn from the Luis Smolka fight. Luis Smolka has taken to Twitter and Instagram, posting a video saying, I hope, Sergio, I hope your recovery goes well and uh, you... Your scraped vagina heels, and uh, you should be sponsored by Kotex. Um, I think that's pretty funny. I, I thought it was funny. I think it's kind of ridiculous at the same time, but you know what? Trash talking MMA, I mean, it's the norm. you got to do it. So uh, if you've been watching The Ultimate Fighter this season, Brandon Moreno, who is on the season, uh, he is stepping in to fight Luis Smolka. Tough fight for a guy coming straight off of tough. I know he was a champion in another promotion, but Luis Smolka has looked amazing recently. Like, really, really good. Very talented. So I'm looking forward to that fight. Um, but I think Smolka takes it all day. I, I have no doubt in my mind that Smolka takes that fight. So we'll see what happens with that one. Um, we're going to go into... Um, the next event that's coming up in that order, there's only one quick uh, adjustment for the event. UFC 204, Manchester, England, headlined Bisping, Hendo 2. So that's coming up uh, in October next month, a few weeks away. And uh, the only change to that card so far is Ruslan Magomedov has pulled out of his fight with Stefan Struve due to staph infection. So you know damn well they're not going to clear him to fight with a staph infection because you can't even train with it. Uh, but Daniel Omelanchuk has stepped in. I think Magomedov was a tougher fight for Stefan Struve. I think Stefan Struve has an easy time with Daniel Omelanchuk. So it'll be interesting to see what happens. But I think Stefan Struve, he definitely has the reach. He has the height to, to do more on the feet. Uh, Omelanchuk may be a little bit of a better wrestler. But Stefan Struve is good um, off his back, on top, with jiu-jitsu either way. So I think Stefan Struve still takes this fight. No issues at all. So that's that's the only adjustment I, I need to inform you guys from that event. So we'll see what happens. Um, UFC 205 is the next one that, that I will discuss. Um, this card has blown up with announcements. Now, today is the 23rd of September. It is Friday. So on Tuesday, the 
27th, I think it is, uh, Dana has said he will be appearing at Madison Square Garden for a press conference to finalize and complete this fight card. Um, there's a lot of fights that have been announced, but they're really trying to blow this one out of the water because it is the first New York City fight they have ever done. So there's a couple adjustments and then a lot of added fights to this card. Uh, the first adjustment, Ally Akinta was supposed to fight Tiago Alves at 155. Um, Iaquinta has been removed due to contract disputes. If you don't know, he uh, the UFC punished him for not being able to show up for the fight summit or the fighter summit. Told him he could come to the next one, but in between training sessions, because he said he had a fight coming up and they okayed it. He was uh, there was an Instagram or Twitter photo of him on the beach, which he lives next to the beach, and the UFC got mad, and they said, we're not going to give you, you're, you're going to have three fights where you're not eligible for a fight night bonus, and he has gotten upset, and the contract disputes have gone not well at all, and he said, you know what, I, uh, I'll, I can go into real, I'm studying for real estate license, and I can go do that instead of fighting MMA uh, if I have to leave, because the, the punishment is not he does not feel it is justified, which I kind of agree with him. It seems a little ridiculous, harsh, but whatever. Um, stepping in for Iaquinta is Jim Miller. So it'll be Jim Miller versus Tiago Alves at 155. I like this fight, but I don't like this fight. They're both seasoned vets. Uh, Jim Miller's been around a long time, has somewhere around two dozen or more fights in the UFC alone. Uh, Tiago Alves, this will be his first cut to 155. Anybody who knows Tiago knew that 170 was a tough cut for him. So 15 more pounds. I am a little worried that he won't make weight. Even if he does make weight, I feel like the cut may be way too much for him. And um, it, it could be rough. It could take. It could be a, uh, a very large detriment to his, to his body and his health to go to 155. Um, not picking a dog in this fight because, once again, he may not get close or he may get injured on the way. We still you know, a month and a half till this fight. So it'll be interesting to see if I had to pick, I would pick Jim Miller because he's, he's been there, he's done that, um, and I think he'd take Tiago down and, and either submit him or just smother him on top, ground and pound, something like that. The other... <coughs> excuse me. The other fight that has been changed is Cowboy Cerrone was supposed to fight Robbie Lawler. Um, I thought this fight was possibly guaranteed fight of the night um, at the, at this card, even with all the other fights on it. It, it is an amazing. It was going to be an amazing fight, stand up war, but Lawler is out. Supposedly, he said he wants more time to train for his next fight after his most recent knockout uh, to Tyron Woodley, and Kelvin Gastelum has stepped in. Kelvin Gastelum was supposed to fight Jorge Masvidal. Uh, at at a fight night event, unfortunately, they moved Gastelum to fight Cowboy. Masvidal's waiting another opponent. Um, Gastelum Cowboy styles make fights, but I think Gastelum has the wrestling to get Cowboy down. Cowboy can land a submission on him off his back on the feet. I give it to Cowboy, but I feel like Gastelum's just going to have the edge based on wrestling um, and and takedown ability. So I would have, I'm sure everybody would agree, but I would have much rather seen Cowboy and Lawler. Maybe we'll see that down the road. Um, a lot of fights have been announced for this card. 
I'm going to go from the bottom to the top, the biggest fights up top. Uh, Lyman Good, who is a former Bellator fighter, if I'm not mistaken, he tried out for the Ultimate Fighter, and he didn't do very well. He is facing off against Bilal Muhammad, who, um, this will be his third fight in the UFC. He's 1-1. One one. He was the most... Uh, he was the most recent Titan 170 champ when he beat Steve Carl, but he got called up to fight um, Alan Jobon. Um, I think this is a good fight. I think Bilal is too much for him. I think Bilal on the feet has better striking, a little bit more power, and he just keeps coming. His, he has a good gas tank. He keeps coming forward. He lands the heavy shots, and he's not afraid to go to the ground. I know he trains at Rufus Sport, and he's working with Ben Askren, and you know, Anthony Pettis and the guys over there. Um, but I think Bilal is going to be too much for Lyman. So that that's my prediction on that one. Um, a women's 135 fight, well, a few of them have been announced. But Liz Carmouche is making her return against Caitlin Chukagian. Caitlin Chukagian made her debut in the UFC uh, recently. She defeated Lauren Murphy by decision. Tough chick. Um, Liz, you know... Liz is a great fighter. Liz is a really good grappler, good wrestler. Very, very tough. Gives everybody tough fits. Um, you know, and, and Caitlin's green. Liz Carmouche, she's been around a long time, but she hasn't fought in a while. She takes big breaks in between fights, whether, you know, on purpose or, or accidental or circumstantial. Um, but I think Liz Carmouche can beat her. I think Liz Carmouche uh, has a better wrestling, and I think she can take her down and you know, and, and smother her and stay on top and get good positions and, and do whatever she needs to do to get uh, to get the win. I think she could submit Chukagian um, or Chukagian. I, I don't know. Um, but I think Carmouche is going to be too much for her. So I'm going to say Liz Carmouche. I think maybe a submission round two. So we'll go, we'll go with that one right now. Um, the next fight that is announced is a 185 match. Between Tim Boach against Rafael Natal. Uh, both guys heavy-handed on the feet. Tim Boach has way more power. Has looked really good. Um, I think, if I'm not mistaken, Tim Boach knocked out Josh Saman recently. And Natal's chin is a little suspect. You know, Tim Kennedy knocked him out um, at that fight for the troops a few years ago. Uh, Natal's got better jiu-jitsu than he does stand-up, for sure. But Boach is a really tough dude. Very tough to take down. Um, so I'm going to go with Tim Boach on this one. I think he can get the finish by knockout, but uh, I got Tim Boach. Wouldn't be surprised if it goes three rounds, but the Barbarian, that, that's who I got. And and side note, I think the Tim the Butcher Boach would be nicer, would be better fitting than the Barbarian, just based on his last name, but that's just my opinion. Um, another middleweight matchup, speaking of Tim Kennedy, uh, Tim Kennedy's making his long-awaited return to the Octagon. It has been a while since we've seen Tim Kennedy in the Octagon. Um, he's facing off against a debuting middleweight, or a middleweight debut, wait, a fighter debuting at middleweight, Rashad Evans. Rashad has fought at 205 before. He's a former 205 champ. Um, and he's going to come down to 185 for the first time fight Kennedy. You know, this is a great fight. Both guys have power in the hands. Um, great, not great, but good stand-up. They have great wrestling, both of them. You know, it, it begs, you wonder if one is going to outdo the other in wrestling 
or how that's going to go. Um, I think Tim Kennedy has better jiu-jitsu than Rashad Evans, but I think uh, I think this is a really good wrestlers matchup. It could be it could end up being a boring fight, but maybe not. You know, Tim Tim's been out a long time. Rashad's been out quite some time and hasn't looked that great uh, in his last few. Um, I don't know. I think based on the fact that Rashad's dropping another twenty pounds for this. And it's his first middleweight fight. It, I don't know. I got Tim Kennedy in this one. And I hate picking against Rashad. I hate picking against the Black Zillions. But I got Tim Kennedy in this one. I think he's going to be too much. And he's seasoned at 185. And he wants it. He wants back in. He wants the big money fights. He wants a title shot. So he's got a lot of room uh, to work. So we'll see what happens with that. A fight that was announced this morning. Women's bantamweight matchup. Misha Tate who most recently in UFC 200 lost her title uh, first-round knockout against Amanda Nunes. Um, she is returning against a girl that's on a three-fight win streak, Raquel Pennington. Um, Raquel was on The Ultimate Fighter, and um, Misha, of course, was one of the coaches on that season. This is a great fight. I think on the feet, Rocky is very durable, great chin, good technical boxer. Misha Tate's got good boxing, but Misha Tate's advantage here is definitely going to be in the wrestling. Uh, and I think she has the edge in grappling as well with the jiu-jitsu. But Raquel's no slouch on the ground either. Um, you know, she submitted Ashley Evans-Smith, uh, has had some, some good jiu-jitsu positioning, some submissions, whatnot. I think this is a good fight. It's kind of a strange fight. It's only the second time in Ultimate Fighter uh, in UFC history where an Ultimate Fighter contestant was facing off against a coach. Um, the first one being Matt Hamill versus Tito Ortiz. So this is a great fight. Um, looking forward to this one. I got Misha Tate. She wants her belt back, and I think a win here, an uh, impressive win here, could put her on the short list of uh, girls for a title shot. Now, what I forgot to mention earlier was I had heard yesterday that from Valentina Shevchenko on Twitter saying that she was sent a bout agreement for her and Juliana Pena to fight for the number one contendership. And I've also heard that there's a good chance that Ronda Rousey will be back by the year's end, which could be that UFC 207 card. So that would make it Ronda Rousey, Amanda Nunes uh, for the title, and then Valentina Shevchenko and Juliana Pena for number one spot. But Pena's uh, petitioning for her title shot. She wants it. She doesn't feel like she should have to fight a girl that already lost to the champ. And uh, so she's petitioning hard for it. I hope she gets it. I see her side of the story. I don't disagree. Um, but it kind of all depends on what Ronda decides to do. So, And I, I'm excited to see Ronda's return if she does return. Uh, I, I would like to see where she stands with her fighting and, you know, how she feels and ring rust and... You know, if she can get back to her form, which I think she can. So that that's a possibility as well. So this is a fight that might put like a second or third in line. If Raquel beats Misha, you, you might have to move her up the ladder pretty close. Maybe, you know, put her in there with Valentina Shevchenko or one of those names. But that's neither here nor there. Um, so that's that on that one. Um... A featherweight fight that has been announced for this event. I love this fight. I'm so excited for this fight. Frankie Edgar 
returns, um, makes a quick return from his loss to Jose Aldo at UFC 200 to face off against knockout artist Jeremy Stevens. Um, Little Heathen versus The Answer. I, I think this is an unbelievable fight. I think Frankie might have the better wrestling, but I don't know if it goes to wrestling. I think it might stay on the feet for most of the time. And, you know, Jeremy throws heavy hands. Frankie's got good combos, continues to come forward, never runs out of gas. Um, this this is really a great fight. I'm pretty sure that Jeremy's going to be the underdog. But I'm going to go out on a limb here. People can call me crazy. I got Jeremy Stevens winning this fight. Now that I said it, I'll probably regret it, but I don't care. I'm going with Jeremy Stevens. So that's that's that on that one. Uh, that's what I think is going to happen. So we'll see what happens with that one. The next fight on this card uh, that is worth, well, not worth, every fight's worth discussing, um, that puts, puts perspective on one of the divisions right now um, is Chris Weidman versus Yoel Romero. Now, this is an interesting matchup for many reasons. And by the way, if you didn't notice, I took a break to, to start over on the recording, so there's no issues. Um, there's a lot of factors that have played into this fight. You know, they offered Luke Rockhold uh, Weidman, and he said he's not making enough money to take that fight, and he wants more money. Otherwise, he's gonna he's been given modeling gigs that could pay him better, and he doesn't have to fight or train or whatever. Um, but then after that, he was announced for another fight, which I'll get into in a little bit. But the interesting, the other interesting thing about this is it's almost a four-man tournament for the middleweight division. Um, the top four guys, I mean, you know, Hendo and Bisping at 204, so you'll have an answer at the end of that night who is the champion. If it's Hendo, he said he maybe would take another fight depending on the money, the money sign. Um, or he said he would retire and vacate the belt. And at that point, you know, it, it turns into kind of like a four-man tournament. If Bisping wins, they can do the same thing because, you know, I, I guess they see that all four of these guys are possibilities for title content, for number one contender. In my opinion, it should have been Jacare a long time ago, but that's just me. Um, but Weidman Romero is an interesting fight, you know. Um, Weidman... The wrestling, I don't know. I really don't know. Weidman's a great all-American wrestler, but you know, Romero is a very tough wrestler as well. Jiu-jitsu-wise, I think Weidman has the, the the better jiu-jitsu, and I think on the feet, Weidman has more power and the better boxing and uh, kickboxing. Um, plus, Yoel Romero's been out for a while. He he got busted for that whole that whole steroid incident. Um, how that happened to him. And, um, you know, it, it'll be interesting to see how Romero looks on his way back. So, I don't know. Weidman's coming off of uh, a layoff and a loss to Luke Rockhold. So, they've both, they've both had some time off, but Weidman, I got Weidman. I, I don't know. I'm not going to, like, keep trying to decrypt this one. I got Weidman. I think Weidman wins this one. How he wins, I don't know. I think he could knock Romero out. I think uh, I think he could submit him. I think he could get the decision. Either way, I, it is what it is, but I got Weidman. I'm picking Weidman on this one. So, there was a title fight that was announced this morning for this event. 
It's the strawweight championship. Joanna Jacek is defending her title against Carolina Kovalkovic. Um, you know, Carolina recently beat Rose Namajunas and has has done very well in the UFC. They're both kickboxers. Um, this is an unbelievable fight. This is, I think, going to be one of the bigger tests to Joanna because it's a kickboxer. It's not going to be, you know, trying to get her to the ground, submit her, this, that. They're going to sling leather and, and throw feet in the air and try to knock each other's heads off. Um, could either one of them knock the other out? Yeah, probably. Could it go a five-round decision? Probably. Does it end up on the ground? Mm, doubtful. That I don't think so. I think you might as well just uh, uh, prohibit ground game because I really don't even think either one of them is thinking about it. So we'll see what happens. I mean, uh, it could end up in the clinch, but I don't see much, you know, jujitsu happening in this fight. Um, Yolana, as we know, undefeated and uh, has beaten all comers. Had a tough fight with Claudia Gadelia, uh, the second fight, but showed her true colors when Claudia gassed and she just kept coming forward. But Carolina's a tough chick. Great kickboxing, powerful, and has done very well in the UFC. Do I think it's it's a, a deep dive for her immediately? It might be, but, you know, it's it's a tough one to call. So, I, I don't, I, I really don't know how to, how to call that one. So, you know, um, it, it's an interesting fight. I'm looking forward to it. Um, you know, yeah, like I said, it's it's a it's a tough it's a tough one to call. Um, so we'll we'll see what happens with that one. Uh, Carolina doesn't really have a lot of finishes. Uh, she has zero finishes in the UFC. She doesn't have a finish in her last five fights. So who knows um, how that one's going to end up, but. I got Yoani a J-Chick. I know I slowed down a little bit on that one. I'm losing it a little bit. Uh, I got Yoana. I think she retains her title. I'd say five-round decision. So we'll see what happens with that one. Um, the other title fight that has been announced, and I don't know if there will be a third title fight announced on Tuesday, but um, is Tyron Woodley versus... Um, Stephen Wonderboy Thompson. Now, we know this uh, this fight was talked about when Tyron won the belt. Then he said he wouldn't fight. Then he said he would. Or, or Stephen should have to fight Meyer or Lawler or whatever. This is for the welterweight championship. Um, if I'm not mistaken, on the betting odds right now, I think Wonderboy is a slight favorite, which doesn't happen too often, but, you know, it is interesting to see. And... You know, I Tyron's got power in his hands, exceptional wrestling, decent jiu-jitsu. <coughs> On the flip side, Wonderboy has incredible stand-up. His kicks come from out of nowhere and he and it from range. Um, his wrestling, you know, it's decent. It's not Tyron Woodley's wrestling, so that's going to be a detriment to his style. If Tyron wants to take him down. Jiu-jitsu, you know, we haven't seen a lot of it. So we don't really know, and, and you know, Tyron either. But I'm going to go out and say that Wonderboy pulls it off. There's five rounds to land one shot. 
and we've seen Tyron get knocked out before, even though it was a long time ago. Um, Wonderboy, I mean, knocked out Hendricks, knocked out Ellenberger, knocked out, you know, he's just, he's beaten everybody. He beat, he beat Rory McDonald, and everybody wasn't sure how that fight was going to go. Um, so I, I got Wonderboy, new champ at 170. So that's the 205 card. Like I said, Tuesday, Dana White's doing a press conference. We'll announce the rest of the card, finalize it, add to it, whatever needs to be done. Um, there's already 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10. There's 11 fights. I wouldn't be shocked if he adds two more. Maybe one more title fight. Um, I don't. For all of you that have asked me on Twitter, I do not think Connor is going to be on the New York card. Will I be happy if he is? Yes. Do I think it's going to happen? Probably not. Um, so we'll see what happens. I don't think it's Connor and Eddie in New York, um, especially since the Eddie and Khabib were sent a contract to fight each other for the UFC 205 in New York. They took too long to sign it, so now they've been sent contracts for 206. So that's what's on the horizon possibly for UFC 206 in Toronto, Canada, which is also a good possibility that GSP comes back. Uh, do I think they do GSP Connor in New York? No, I don't, and I hope not, because I think that's a that's a bad matchup uh, for Connor. I don't think he should take that fight, even though he'll take any fight under the sun. But that's neither here nor there. We'll see what happens on Tuesday. I'll keep you guys updated on Twitter. So there's a few fight nights coming up before the following pay per view. Uh, the Belfast card has been announced. There's three fights that have been announced on it. The most recent one announced was Ross Pearson and James Krause. Now, first off, this was announced for a tough finale a while back. Um, unfortunately, Krause did have those family issues that he needed to deal with, so he dropped out of the card, and Will Brooks debuted against Ross Pearson. So, um, and I think that was only a few months ago, but this fight has been rescheduled. It'll be in Belfast, Ireland. Um... You know, it's a good fight. Both are very technical strikers. I think Pearson has more uh, power. I'm going to go with Ross Pearson. I know James Cross is my boy. And Tyler, Tyler Melee. I know, man. Don't hate me for this one if you're watching. But i got to be objective here. Um, I got Pearson. I think he can outpoint him. And I think he's got more versatility on the feet. And I think if it goes to the ground, he's got a little bit more versatility there. Uh, Pearson trains with, with guys like Dominic Cruz and Phil Davis and a lot of other great wrestlers. So I think anywhere it goes, I think Pearson's going to have the edge. But it, it, it will be a good fight. Um, the saying, third time's a charm. I hope it stands true for Ian McCall. He is booked for this Belfast card. He's going to Ireland. He's fighting Neil Tutap Siri. Uh, Neil Siri has mentioned that this is his last fight. He is retiring, win or lose, after this one. So, it'll be interesting to see how that goes. You know, Ian McCall was booked on 201 against, um, I think it was uh, Justin Scoggins, and that didn't work out. And then he was recently booked on uh, 203 against, um, shit, now I forgot. He was booked on 203 against... Um, Why can't I remember? Oh, Ray Borg. Never mind. Yeah, I, I don't know why. I was thinking Luis Smolka, but I knew I was wrong. Um, I think uh, I think Ian has the edge in this one. Uh, I think Ian can beat him. He's got better stand-up. 
His ground's good. Neil Siri's got good ground too, but I think Ian McCall's wrestling's better. Um, but I th yeah, I think Uncle Creepy takes the win if it makes it to the fight. I hope it does, because being rescheduled that many times after cutting the weight and doing all that shit that sucks. So um, we'll we'll see what happens with that. Uh, but I got Ian McCall. The main event has been announced for that fight. I don't know if I covered it in my previous show, so I'm going to cover it again right now. Gunnar Nelson, of course, the adopted uh, pride of Ireland under Conor McGregor and also one of Conor's main training partners, is facing off against the welterweight Dong Yun Kim, which is stun gun, the judo specialist. Um, you know what? I got Gunnar Nelson anywhere he wants it. I think on the feet... He has better striking, better technical striking. Dong Young Kim is uh, he's decent, but his chin is suspect. And if it hits the ground, Gunner's going to dominate everywhere on the ground. Gunner's jiu-jitsu and his wrestling and grappling ability is far beyond anywhere that Dong Young Kim uh, is going to be. And I think Gunner goes for the takedown and gets a submission. I would not be shocked if it's a first or second round submission. Now, this is a five-round non-title fight. But I don't see it getting past the second. I got Gunny Nelson in that one. Done deal. Next. Um, Fight Night 100, which has been scheduled in Sao Paulo, Brazil. They have a main event that they announced recently. Alexander Gustafson makes quick return from his most recent win uh, against Jan Blahovich. I think that fight was in Germany a few weeks ago on the Barnett Arlovsky card. Gustafson's making a quick return, going to Brazil to face off against the Little Nog, Rogerio uh, Nogueira. And um, I think this is a bad matchup for Little Nog. Um, you know, Little Nog was an Olympic boxer and very talented fighter, but if he makes the fight, which he is very injury prone, um, I think Gustafson's better on the feet with every limb, punches, elbows, kicks, knees, everything. And he's got the range because he's a lot taller. Uh, Gustafson's wrestling is better. And the jiu-jitsu, I don't know if it'll go that far. I think Gustafson can knock him out in the first round. No issues. Uh, I know we didn't see a lot of that in his fight with, with Blahovich. But before that, you know, Gustafson was slanging with everybody. And he rocked John Jones a few times. And Little Nog, that chin's been gone for a while. And I think Anthony Johnson just dismantled whatever was left of Little Nog's chin. So, I'm going to go with Gustafson, first round knockout. Fight Night 101, which is set for Melbourne, Australia. They have three fights announced for this card, all three great fights. The first is a middleweight matchup between guys who've been calling each other out. And uh, it's Chris Camozzi against Dan Judo Kelly. Now, J Dan Kelly is um, very talented Jujoka. Older gentleman, but still powerful, good judo. Um, if I'm not mistaken, he was in the Olympics for judo. But Chris Camosi is a tough, gritty kid. The guy, he just, he, he, can, he can go anywhere. He's, he's good everywhere. And um, it's, it's just like, you know, you see the guy, and he's tough. He'll take shots from the best of them. He won't drop. He'll come back and just swing on people. And the kid is really good. Um, I don't know who wins this fight. I, I really don't. I think it's a tough matchup for for both guys based on styles. Um, I don't know. I have a feeling it's probably going to decision. I don't know if either one of them will get a finish. 
And I'm going to go with Camozzi because he's looked good recently. You know, he dismantled Vitor Miranda. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, he dismantled Joe Riggs. So it'll be interesting to see what happens. Uh, the next fight that was announced is kind of like a prospect uh, contender fight. You got Derek Brunson, who last a few days ago, or last Saturday, demolished Uriah Hall. Um, just ran through him, you know, just hit him hard and, and finished him, ground and pound and whatnot. But he's facing a very heavy-handed striker in Robert Whitaker. Uh, Robert Whitaker knocked out Brad Tavares, and he's looked very, very good his last few fights. Um, on the feet, I think Whitaker has more power. But both of them have very good stand-up, great punches. Uh, Derek Brunson, I think, has the wrestling advantage by far. And Jiu-Jitsu, I would also say that Derek Brunson has it. Um, I'm going to go with Derek Brunson in this one. He's looked great. He's a quick starter. He gets going. So uh, I'm going to go with Derek Brunson. It should be, uh, should be, it should be a fun fight either way. Um, but I got, I got Brunson for sure. And uh, the main event has been announced, talking about the four-man middleweight tournament that I was discussing earlier that I think is what they're doing secretly. Jacare and Luke Rockhold are facing off in their rematch from their Strike Force title fight many, many years ago. Um, you know, Luke Rockhold, great fighter, very talented, better stand-up than, than anything. Good wrestling, but better stand-up. Um, but he was a little bit exposed with Bisping, and if you hit him hard enough, he will go down. And we've seen him get knocked out before. Um, and Jacare, I mean, one of the best ground guys in the world. Good takedowns, which it'll be interesting to see if he can get him on Luke. But at the same time, you know, Jacare has become heavy-handed. He's got good striking. He's got good Muay Thai. And I can see him outpointing Luke Rockhold on the feet. I think this is a different version of... Of both guys, whether better or worse, whichever way you see it, I I think Jacare has gotten better. I think Luke Rockhold he had gotten better, and then you know there were a few holes exposed, but you never know which Luke is going to show up. So I got Jacare. Um, I think Jacare can knock him out. I think if he goes to the ground, Jacare will submit him uh, or just smother him ground and pound. We'll see. I can tell you one thing: if Luke gets well, Luke won't get mounts on Jacare, but if he does, Jacare will know how to get out of that mount and uh, switch it up on him. But I got Jacare in this main event, non-title five-round fight. And like I said, I think the winner of this and the winner of Wyden Romero will fight each other for number one contendership. Unless they do like they did at UFC on Fox 4, which was um, Machida Bader. Wait, was it Machida Bader? Yeah, it was Machida Bader and I think Vera and Shogun. And the one who got the better finish ended up getting the next title shot, uh, or was supposed to. So I think this might be what they're doing as well. They're looking at all four guys because these events are pretty close together. So that's the Australia card. Um, got a few more, three more events to discuss, or actually two because I already talked about Eddie Alvarez and Khabib getting sent their contracts. Uh, the Tough 24 finale. Has two fights so far because, of course, they're probably going to look at most of the guys on the season to fight at the finale. Um, <clears throat> one of the fights that was announced is uh, Gray Maynard versus Ryan Hall. Now, this is a very interesting fight. 
The thing with this is, you know, Ryan Hall's got that crazy, like, roll the knee bars, heel hooks, all that crazy shit, the 50-50 guard. Um, he does that shit crazy. He'll dive for legs. And, you know, Gray Maynard is an unbelievable wrestler, but how are you going to wrestle a guy that is so unbelievable off his back in jiu-jitsu that he can get you from any position? So the wrestling gets nullified. Gray's got to use his striking, and... I mean, well, Gray also has to use defensive wrestling because if Ryan Hall dives on something, he's got to know how to get out before he gets submitted. Um, you know, this is a tough fight to call, and I it's the jiu-jitsu factor that really messes with me because if Ryan Hall can get a hold of a limb, I think Maynard's going to get submitted, and Maynard hasn't looked phenomenal in his last several fights. You know, he was on a four or five fight losing streak. Um, I got Ryan Hall. Ryan Hall, my submission. That's that's what I'm going to go with. Um, the, the other fight that was announced for this is uh, the coaches facing off Joseph Benavidez against Henry Cejudo. Both guys have fought Demetrius Johnson. Both want their shot again. They got to wait till after one of their <laughs> one of their teammates, one of their contestants, fights Demetrius Johnson, and then they try to get theirs. Um, you know, I thought Cejudo had a much easier route to the title shot than Benavidez had. And I think Benavidez is better almost everywhere. I know Cejudo has the wrestling advantage. But the problem is, if he goes for one of those takedowns and Joseph gets his neck, it's over with. The 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 Joa constrictor is, uh, I mean, ask Tim Elliott. He tapped out with his feet. Was it Tim Elliott? I think it was Tim Elliott. Um... So it's an interesting fight. I think Joseph Benavides has the edge, and I think based on beef throughout the season or from what we've seen so far, um, I think that that I think Benavides has the edge. So, yeah, but it'll be a good fight. Um, the last fight to discuss before I get into the Q and A, which I only have a few questions on that one. UFC 207 uh, Verdum Kane rematch is being targeted for that event. They're really trying to make that happen. Both guys coming off of big wins over Travis Brown. It's just funny to me. Um, I was hoping Verdun was going to fight Edmund, but I don't think the UFC is going to make that fight. Uh, I wish they would, but I think Edmund already lost that fight. So Verdun Kane rematch is being targeted for 207. 207 is the New Year's card. Um, so I think it's December 30th. It's on, I think, a Friday night, uh, the night before New Year's Eve. So you'll, have, you'll wait and see, and we'll see what gets added to that card. Okay, so that's all the fights I have to discuss. Um, and uh, we'll go into the Q&A. Now, I asked a question on Facebook um, after 203 ended of why do you, th if anybody knows, let me start from the beginning. So the Verdum-Travis Brown fight ends. Verdum is... Um, He's in the cage with his corners. Travis Brown's in the cage with Edmund, Ricky Lindell, and then the ref and all those other people. Edmund starts talking a whole bunch of shit to uh, Fabrizio. He called him a motherfucker, son of a bitch, shut your fucking mouth, that type of shit. So then Verdum throws a teep kick at Edmund and just like a push kick to kind of like push him back, like push him back. And... Um, 
it started this whole thing. Verdum's got his hands up like this, ready to fight. Um, Verdum's corner is trying to pull him back. Edmund's trying to get into it. Travis Brown is looking dumbfounded, not knowing what the hell just happened. And Ricky Lindell is trying to like step in the middle and call, like wave off a possible fight. Now, if you saw the event, you also noticed when the camera panned back a little bit, there was a huge security guard blocking one of Verdum's cornermen from getting in the cage. That cornerman, Hanato, Babalu, Sobral, the guy who was banned from the UFC because David Heath called him a motherfucker backstage, and then when they fought, Babalu choked him out, David Heath tapped, and he choked him even harder and made him go to sleep after the tap, and the ref was trying to break it up. Now, why is this relevant? Why are they blocking Babalu from getting in the cage? Let me tell you why. Nobody on my Facebook that responded knew it. One of my friends, my boy Antoine Hood, who I saw at Mr. Olympia, he knew the answer, but he didn't want to spoil it for everybody. So, I'll give you a shout-out, Antoine. You got it right. Or at least that's what I was thinking. Um, here's why they didn't want to let him in. Babalu's crazy. is at a point in his life, which he's been there for a while, where it seems like he believes... He has nothing to lose. And he is crazy, and he protects his own. He's very protective, but he's nuts. And I have no doubt in my mind that somebody told that security guard, do not let him in the cage when that fight broke out. When Verdum threw the cheap kick and Bob was trying to run in because he wasn't in when they were announcing the finish. The other two cornermen were. They did everything in their power to keep him out of the fucking cage because I think he probably would have killed somebody. And I'm not even like, you know, um, I, 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 I couldn't imagine what he would have done if he got into that cage. So they protected everybody in the cage from Babalu because, like I said, nothing to lose. UFC does not have any recourse against him. The commission might, but I don't think he fights much anymore. So it's not really going to make a difference to him. He's going to go in there and rip somebody's face off. And with Halloween around the corner, probably wear that shit as a mask. Edmund would be a great mask, That I will say. Edmund would be a great mask. But that's why I think they wouldn't let Babalu in the cage. And you know what? I'm like, part of me is like, okay, don't let him in the cage because nobody. I don't want to see anybody get murdered. But at the same time, I'm like, I really would love to see what he would have done if they fucking, if he got past the security guard or, you know, if, if he was actually in there when it started. It would have been a full-out, like, 209 Mayhem, Mayhem Miller brawl. Some shit like that. Something crazy. Um, it definitely wouldn't have been throwing monster cans and bottles of water. It would have been somebody getting the shit kicked out of him. So that's what I think. That's what I want to do kind of uh, talk about because it struck me as hilarious and yet very intriguing at the same time. <coughs> now, I have two questions to cover that um, were asked of me from, from fans. Shannon Day, who's on Twitter, at ShannonJames82, he asked me, if I were Joe Silva, 
how would I book fighters after um, after the event? So here we go. I'm not going to go over every fight. I'm going to go over what I think uh, they should do or what, what I think would be a good matchup. Um, you know, Yancy Madero's made his welter went to welterweight for this fight. And uh, I think there's a lot of good fights for him at 170. Um, I think that... I think that a good fight for Yancey, to be honest with you, is another guy that beat Sean Spencer and is at 170. I think Yancey and Mike Powell would be a great fight. Yancey's an up-and-comer, still kind of a prospect. And... Um, Mike Powell's a veteran. He's been around forever. And uh, it'd be a good fight. It'd be a good stylistic matchup. So I think that would be a great fight for him. And if he beats the vet, you know, it's, a, it's, a, it's another step in the right direction. So we'll see what happens with that one. Um, Betch Cohea. I, you know what? It's tough to say. Um... It's really tough to say where I would put her. Maybe a fight with uh, Sarah McMahon, or um, yeah, I could see I could see her fighting Sarah McMahon, or like a Leslie Smith. Betch Cohea, Leslie Smith could be really good. Um, I think those are good fights for the two of them. Um, that'll be a good war. So I think that's where Betch could go. Unfortunately for Jessica, I uh, I think. I feel like they might cut her, and that's because she's she's one and five in her last six, and the one before that was a no contest because she tested positive. Um, but she's lost decisions her last four, so it's a tough place for her to be. Maybe they give her one more. I don't know, um, but I I really. I don't. I don't see it. I think Dana might just get rid of her. Um, in terms of Jessica Andrade moving up the 115 ladder, you know, you could give her. You know, I don't know if it's too far of a step, but you could give her Rose Namajunas maybe, or another one of the vets that's um, that's from the Ultimate Fighter, maybe like a Rowdy Beck. I, I think Andrade and Rowdy Beck could be. An incredible fight. I think that could be a lot of fun. Or, you know, I don't think the UFC will do it, but I think Jessica Andrade and Paige Van Zandt would be a good fight. But I think that Jessica would break her face. So, that I, I, I don't know on that one. Uh, in terms of JoJo, you know, it's tough with him, with her, sorry. Um, it's tough with JoJo just because. She's not. She's a great fighter, but I don't think she's found her weight class. You know, she was at she was at 115, then she went up to 125 for Valerie Letourneau fight and knocked out uh, Valerie Letourneau. Then went back to 115 and lost to uh, Jessica Andrade. I, I don't know. I think they need a 125 weight class and, and bring up a lot of the Invicta girls for for JoJo. Maybe another Ultimate Fighter vet as well. You know, um, I, I, I don't know. I really don't know where to, where to put her right now. Um, 
like I said, she did lose, so it's it's a tough spot for her. But you can give her, you know, um, you can give her like a Marina Mamros. You could give her a Michelle Waterson, maybe a Jessica Penne. That that could be a good fight, uh, Jessica and Joanne. It's 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 a little easier but tougher at the same time to uh, when the when they're on the Ultimate Fighter because it's like it's almost like they're on the same playing field. But you could give her a lower rank, like a random Marcos or something. Um, it, it really just depends. It just depends. So that that's what I think on that one. Um, in terms of Jimmy Rivera, he's got to take a step up closer to the belt. You got to give him. Um, you you got to give him like maybe a TJ or I I, I don't know because a lot of guys are. are are taken right now for fights, maybe, I don't know, maybe a TJ, maybe Caraway would be a good fight, actually. Give Jimmy Rivera Brian Caraway and see where see where that goes. Um, that, that could actually be a really good fight. So, um, yeah, you could give Jimmy Rivera Caraway. In terms of Uriah... I don't know. I don't know where you put him. I mean, he's he's suffered two losses in a row. Um, he's one and three in his last four. His only win was over a guy that was ranked way under him. It it's tough to say with him. It may be time to just call it unless they can finally book that TJ fight with him. If Cody Garbrandt's getting the title shot, I say they book either TJ and and Caraway. Or TJ and Uriah, maybe give Uriah Aljamain Sterling. You know, Aljamain and Uriah could be a good wrestlers matchup, and it's either you know Uriah's retirement fight, and and Aljamain step up because he's fighting former champ, or it goes the other way and Uriah beats beats a prospect, gets a win, and maybe retires at the same time. You know, just says you know I got the win I wanted and I'm done. Um, hold on, thought I had to sneeze. Um. Mickey Gall and CM Punk. Look, CM Punk does not, should not be fighting in the UFC anymore. CM Punk should be as far from the UFC as possible. Take him to, you know, a lower-ranked organization <clears throat> like a Titan or an RFA Legacy, something like that. Give him somebody he can get a win. Give him some, you know, some good feelings and call it a day. You know, the guy shouldn't be in the UFC. It was a joke that he was in. He got a shot that he didn't deserve, and you know I, I not not really. I wouldn't want to see him again in there. Mickey Gall, I think they should give him the Sage Northcutt fight. I think that's what they should do with him. That that's definitely what should happen. Um, that'd be that'd be a great fight. It'd be a great fight, but I think Mickey Gall destroys him. So um, Travis Brown and Fabrizio. You know, Travis Brown is is one and three in his last four, two and four in his last six. Travis Brown's got to fight a guy that that has recently lost, is on a skid, and I don't really know who to give him at this point. Um, you know, it's it's tough to say with him. Maybe um, can't give him Mark Hunt. Well, I don't even know if Mark will fight anymore. Um, 
Maybe give Travis Brown the loser of Roy Nelson and Bigfoot. I think that could be a decent a decent setup for him. Um, he, I know he fought Bigfoot it was shit four years ago now, but you could give him hit, you could give him the loser and go from there on that one and uh, see where that goes. In terms of Verdum, I saw I, I agree with the UFC's matchmaking. I think Kane Velasquez. I think Kane and Verdum should rematch kind of a uh, number one contender fight. We'll see what happens with that one, but I think that's what should happen. Um, I think in terms of Overeem, I don't know. Um, I think, you know, if, if Hunt would fight, you give Overeem Mark Hunt. Otherwise, I, I, I don't know. I really... The heavyweight division's getting a little... It's getting a little, like... Like, all the matches have already happened. So you could give... Uh, maybe you could give Overeem... No, he fought those two already. You could give him Barnett. Barnett's coming off a win. Um, it's it Like I said, it's tough right now. Overeem has already fought, you know, a lot of the guys... Uh, Frank Mears on suspension. You could give Overeem to Derek Lewis. I know it's a huge step down in competition, but that that could be uh, a decent fight. I think that's actually a great fight. Um, in terms of Stipe, I'd say the winner of Kane and Verdum. Let him sit out for a while since he wanted to sit. He wants to sit out and take a break. Give him the winner of Kane Verdum. Um, it'll either be a rematch with Verdum or it'll be the first time with Kane and. You know, I think both of those are good fights for for Stipe, and I think he can win both fights. So, we'll we'll see. Um, so it'll be interesting to see on that one. Um, so yeah, that's that's where I see the matchmaking of UFC two hundred three, the booking aftermath. So I have one more question. I'm going to finish up with. And then we're going to call it an episode. We've been doing this for a little while today. Uh, Luis Pabon at Blaze Clown. First off, Luis, I want to apologize for not answering your question sooner. I forgot about it, and I forgot it was in my photos. So I do, uh, I do apologize for that one. And um, so I'll get right into it. And he asked me, what do I think about the call-outs, the trash talk, and the acting up? in MMA? Do I think it's uh, good for the sport, bad for the sport? And he called it the Connor effect, which it kind of is. Now, I'm going to separate this into, into different categories. Callouts, I think, are incredibly important to MMA. I think you need to know, whether it's before your fight, after your fight, whatever it is, I think you need to have a road in mind of, if I win this fight, this is who I want. Next, because this will get me to this, to this, to this. If I lose this fight, this is who I want next, because then it will get me back on the road to this, this, and this. You know, you need to keep it in mind. You need to go out there, oh, well, whatever the UFC gives me, I'm fine with. No, you need to call somebody out. You need to call them out and say, this is the fight I want. This is why I want it. And you guys start a feud, and that's what makes for better hype, better fights most of the time. 
I know it's very pro wrestling style, but you know what? This is what you got to do. If you're looking for gifts from the UFC without asking for a fight, you're probably more often than not not going to get them. Um, and the reason I say that is, well, fight whoever I want. They could, you can be number 10 and they'll put you in num uh, versus number 15. Whereas if you call out number 7 and you're number 10, you're like, this is why I want the fight. This happened and this happened because I want this guy and this guy. And I'm trying to make my way. Then it actually gives them a reason to start looking at it going, okay, you know, maybe this isn't a bad idea. Maybe this is, you know, maybe we should give them that fight because they've both been asking for it. And it, it allows us to, you know, filter out what we need to filter to get towards the title picture because that is the ultimate goal for every fighter is the title shot or the title. And that also is the ultimate um, pleasure for the UFC or any other uh, organization because it weeds out, number one, work for them. Number two, it shows them that you want something. You're not just like, whatever. And it, it helps them, you know, okay, well, if this guy loses to this guy, then I we get this guy to go up and fight this guy for the title shot, and this guy has to start over and go against. It, it, it fluctuates the rankings, and it makes it easier, in my opinion, to do so. Um, trash talk, I include in that. Now, there's different forms of trash talk. There is, you know, the, t the type to hype a fight that you're using to really build it and get the sales up and get everybody excited and, you know, that's one side. The other side is you really don't like the person and you're talking mad shit about them. You're using somewhat factual information to call them out and say, you know what, you suck because of this, this, and this. And you're trying to get to a goal. You're trying to get to this is the fight I want, this is the fighter I want, and this is how I'm going to beat them. Look, in terms of calling it the Connor effect, tell me when Connor. Let me rephrase. Tell me how Connor's opponent did once he got in their head. And he gets in their head months before. I mean, he's always trash talking and talking shit and whatever. Um, he gets in their head and he fucks them up come fight night. Look at the Aldo fight. He told him what he was going to do. He said, you know, I'm going to I'm gonna do this. I'm going to do this. Jose, you ain't got shit for me. You're a pussy. You're this. You're that. It's my belt. Blah, blah, blah. He talked shit. He talked himself into one of the biggest fights of his life. And he destroyed him. He was in his head that early. And Jose doesn't even speak English. He was in his head so bad that Jose lost that fight before he stepped in the cage. At least that's what I think. So this trash talk, yeah, it's very helpful. But there's two kinds I don't like. One that gets really, really fucking personal. You know, um, things that don't really belong in the cage. If you talk about any of somebody's convictions or, you know, arrests or, you know, anything to do with their family or, you know, anything that, that offends a lot of people or a race or a nationality or anything like that, that's going too far. There is too far in trash talk. You need to keep it professional. You can talk all the shit you want, but you need to keep it in the cage. And what I mean by in the cage is things that actually have to do, you know what? You couldn't bust a grape. You couldn't take me down if you're fucking if your whole team helped you. Your jiu-jitsu sucks so bad, you you couldn't choke a chicken. Like that kind of shit. It needs to stay in the cage. Um, I disagree with some of the some of the trash talk about your life and your parent your your parents, your wife, your kid, your husband, your your boyfriend, whoever it is. I most of the time I disagree with that. 
Um, the other type of trash talk I don't like is fabricated trash talk. And what I mean by fabricated trash talk is I don't like when you try to force somebody to trash talk and they just don't know how. Like, for instance, Mickey Gall and Sage Northcutt. Mickey Gall says, I'm going to spike... I'm going to knock the spikes out of your hair. And Sage Northcutt turned around and said, you know, we have kind of the same hair. You just need to buy some hair gel. I, that's that's not trash talk. That's like trying to be t like a bad bad boy and tough and, and a trash talker when you're not one. There's a lot of fighters that need to stay away from the trash talk, and that's what I think. Um, that's the other kind I don't like is that fabricated or like made up or you try too hard, whatever it is. So that's the type I don't like. The acting up. You know, this is in different categories, too. Do I agree with the monster water bottle fight at the press conference between Nate's team and Connor? No, I don't agree with it. I don't agree with it. Was it entertaining? Yeah, it's entertaining. But at the end of the day, it's it's not good for the sport. Um, acting up the lands, you know, talking shit to the guy, pushing him, whatever. I'm okay with that. You know, you're hyping a fight, and by the time you're done with that 10-week training camp, and you've cut all the weight, and you're ready to rehydrate, you're fucking pissed off, and you want to kill somebody. And the only person that you get to kill is whoever's standing in front of you at the weigh-in, staring you down, thinking the same thing. So that type of acting up, yes. After the fight, in the cage, no, I don't agree with it. I don't think it's, I don't think it's good for the sport. It, when the fight's over, it's over. Don't, like... You know, with the with Mayhem Miller coming out to Jake Shields and saying, I want my rematch, and then getting his ass handed to him by the entire 209. And then, um, you know, Paul Daly punching Koscheck in the face after the bell, or Jake Shields punching Husamar Paul Harris in the face uh, after the fight was over. I don't agree with that stuff. I don't agree with that at all. I think that's horrible for the sport. I think it takes it back, and I think it makes us look like everything that John McCain Describe the sport as back in the day. Now, of course, there's way more regulation. There's way more approval in this country as well as the world for MMA. But there's no reason to take us back or make us look bad because you know what? You can have a hundred events where everything goes right and everything's great, and one bad thing happens at the hundred and first event, and everybody's going to focus on that at the end of the day. And that's not fair to the sport. That's not fair to the fans, it's not fair to the fighters, it's not fair to the organization, executives, it's not fair to anybody that's involved with MMA. You're just hurting us. So we, we the fighters need to watch out, the executives need to watch out, shit like that. It needs to that needs to not happen. But there are two sides to everything. But in terms of call outs, acting up, trash talk, I do think it's positive to the sport. This is a fight. You're gonna fight somebody. You need to be able to not just go in there and pitter-patter and beat somebody up and get a decision. You need to sell your fights. You need to talk shit. You need to get in their face. You need to get crazy. And you know what? The whole trash talking call-outs, how many times has a guy who's coming off a loss or is nowhere near a title shot talked his way into a title shot? Chael got two of them. That, that's, that's the first name that comes to mind. Just from trash talk, he got two of them. And technically, you could say three. Um, so I think it is good, uh, but in certain in certain forums. So thank you, Luis and Shannon, for the questions. That is our show today. Again, I want to plug our sponsor, Love MMA Apparel. This is the Chuck Liddell shirt. Um, he has a bunch of other shirts right now. I know there's a Robbie Lawler, a Nick Diaz, a John Wayne Parr, and a Conor McGregor shirt. Um, he will be dropping new shirts at any point, just waiting for the word from him. 
uh, from my friend who works for them. But Love MMA Apparel, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. The Instagram is the easiest way to see the line, talk to him, and see what the next, uh, talk to the, the guy that runs the brand, who's a friend of mine now, his name is Aaron, and um, talk to him about what's coming out or if you want to make an order or whatever. Love MMA Apparel at Instagram, Love MMA underscore apparel. They are our official sponsor of the CB's Gold MMA Show. Uh, I love the company. Aaron's an awesome dude, and I really appreciate him helping out and uh, suiting me up with some of the coolest shirts in MMA. Uh, like I said, I am CB Gold. There's nobody like me. There's nobody that can be me. The gold is because I'm golden. The CB, well, you'll have to wait to find out on that one. So if you want to reach me, like I said, Facebook, CB Gold, Twitter, Instagram, Snapchat, CB the Grenade, and once or twice a week, depending on what week it is, you can also hear me co-host the MMA Roasted Podcast. I am on it. I am a co-host. I love the podcast. Please check it out. It is absolutely hilarious. Uh, our host, Adam Hunter, is amazing. He's one of the funniest guys I've ever met. We have an absolute blast on the show. Um, so if you haven't checked out MMA Roasted, look into it. Um, it's, it's a lot of fun. If you're in the Southern California area or coming to SoCal, message me. I would love to meet up, grab a beer, grab a bite, grab whatever. Hit me up Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Hit me up on any one of them. Um, I'm at the Dime Bar on Tuesday nights for the Adam Hunter Show. He is MMA Roasted, as I said before. Every Tuesday nights from 8 to 10.30 on Fairfax, the Dime Bar. Free comedy show, great drinks, great food, and uh, no no item minimum, and just an absolute blast with the best comedians uh, that Adam can put together, some of the funniest guys I've ever met in my life, and I'm a 20-year stand-up comedy fan. So uh, check out the Dime Bar if you're in Southern California, if you're in the Los Angeles area. If you're coming to Los Angeles again, hit me up. I'd love to meet up. I'd love to meet followers and viewers of the show, fans of the show, fans of the Roasted Podcast. Um, I love it. I've, I've met a few fans over the last little while. I love every one of you guys. Again, I really appreciate your guys' support. I really do. You know, we're over 1,700 views on YouTube alone. This is the ninth episode. You guys are fucking killing it. You're, you're putting me on the map. Uh, if you listen through SoundCloud or iTunes, we got a lot of downloads there, too. If you really like the show, leave me a review or a rating on iTunes. That'd be really awesome. I know... Um, I have one already, and I greatly appreciate the support. I appreciate the love that I'm getting from you guys, and it makes me want to produce more shows. So, um, yeah, that is the show, CB's Gold MMA Show. Look out for me and uh, the other episodes, YouTube, SoundCloud, iTunes. They are on there. So uh, I appreciate you guys. Again, thank you so much. Uh, I will see you next time. Enjoy the fights this weekend. Muito